I'm Clarence Waldron. Welcome back to Black News. Tonight's guest is the legendary Dallas <laughs> Maverick. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, you know him as the co-host of the Ebony Jets Showcase TV talk show years ago. But now he's on the radio doing his thing with Chicago Speaks with Daryl Denard. So uh, let's just get started with that. What's up, man? I'm all right. It's always good to see you, my brother. Absolutely. Let's start with JPC days. How did you get that gig? How did you end up? You know, it, it's a, a story that I enjoy telling uh, with the venerable Mr. John H. Johnson, who you and I have known for decades. And what happened was that they were looking for a replacement uh, back at around, I think it was 87. They were looking for a replacement for Greg Gumbel to host their nationally syndicated a television show called Ebony Jet Showcase. Um, Ozzy Bruno happened to be in Buffalo, New York, and I was a reporter for the NBC affiliate there. And he saw my picture in the lobby and he asked the receptionist, whose picture is that? And she said, oh, that's Daryl Dinar, one of our reporters slash substitute anchors. And he, she said, well, I want to, you know, I, I really need to get in contact with him. Lo and behold, uh, Ozzy recommended me to come in for an interview. So I was flown to Chicago and I had an interview, <clears throat> excuse me, in the Johnson building with John H. Johnson and Linda Johnson Rice, who was over the television programming at the time. Sat down in the interview and uh, I thought it went very well. In fact, it went so well that Mr. Johnson offered me a job on the spot. On the, on the spot, on the spot, Clarence. I don't think I ever told you this. And so, uh, you know, it's at the end of the interview and and, and in his, you know, uh, way that he talked, he said, so, 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 uh, what are you going to do? Uh, uh, you want the job? And I did the mistake of saying, uh, can I, uh, can I head back to uh, Buffalo, Mr. Johnson, and discuss it with my wife? And he said, what in the heck do you have to go back to Buffalo to discuss whether or not you want the job or you want the job? I said, yes, Mr. Johnson, I want the job. He said, okay, it's yours. And that's how I was hired. I was hired on the spot. Wow. I never knew that. I never I, knew there was that. no second meeting, no second interview or anything. Else. <laughs> the discussion. He hired me on the spot. Wow. So I went back to Buffalo uh, to, uh, with the under with the knowledge that you know I had a job that was going to change the course of my life. Yeah, absolutely. So, what did you like most about the showcase? Well, you know, I think it was first of all it was nationally syndicated. We were hitting about ninety percent of the black households every week. It was for people religiously watched. Uh, it was considered. Excuse me. It was considered the black entertainment tonight of its time. And so uh, the fact that, you know, it allowed me to uh, exercise my journalism skills, even though I was more into hard news than entertainment news. But, you know, it, those skills are easily transferable. And so here 
you know, a kid from the Bronx, New York, and born in Harlem, I had the opportunity to interview Michael Jackson, Sammy Davis Jr., uh, Oprah Winfrey, uh, <clears throat> LL Cool J, Heavy D, you know, anybody who was anybody at the time, we ended up interviewing them. And yeah. so, you know, where else could you get an opportunity like that on a Black-owned production to interview these celebrities? Absolutely, absolutely. Let's start with that, that Michael Jackson now, because that, that was a big one back then when you did that. So how did that come about? How did you prepare for that? Talk well, about Michael Jackson. We, You know, Mr. Johnson, uh, when you would meet with him, you know, we would have our regular meetings on the second floor. But when you met with Mr. Johnson, we went inside of his meeting office. I believe that was on the seventh floor, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so, you know, we met there, Mr. Johnson, seventh or eighth, one of the two floors there. And Mr. Johnson sat around with the executive team, my two executive producers, uh, well, one, ex one, my two producers, I should say, not executive producer, Linda Johnson Rice was the executive producer. So we sat around and Mr. Johnson came in uh, and he said, uh, I'm getting ready to interview Michael Jackson. He's coming out with a brand new album, Bad, and uh, we're going to interview him. Everybody in the world wants to talk to him, but he's not going to do too many interviews, but he's going to give me an interview. And he said, Daryl, you're going to do the interview. I was like, wow, I've only been working with the uh, JPC for maybe five or six months. And he says, you're going to do the interview. And so... He said it's going to be over in Los Angeles while he's rehearsing for his bad tour. And you're going to have about maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And as they say, the rest is history. Wow. So you can still go on YouTube today and see the Ebony Jet Show because Michael has done, you can literally name on maybe one or two hands the number of interviews that he's done with exactly. journalists over the years. Yeah. Uh, Diane Sawyer, Oprah Winfrey, Martin Brashear, me, and uh, I don't know, maybe, you know, a couple of others. And so the interview is still available. And uh, it was it was a it was a wonderful experience. The main reason why Michael did the interview is because he viewed uh, Mr. Johnson, John H. Johnson, as a godfather, you know, somebody that he highly trusted. So I was. Uh, taken in awe of the fact that here it is, this all-important interview that uh, Mr. Johnson entrusted me with that, and it turned out well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, you and Devorah Crable, the new name now, that's what yeah, it uh -huh. Y'all were magical. How Those are those magic, magic years. Do you look back at the old episodes now? I, you know, unfortunately... None of the whole episodes are available. I, I do see, I do watch, you know, snippets. Somebody will post a snippet on YouTube of it. Uh, I think there's an interview with me, me and Tina Turner that is available, excuse me. And uh, so, you know, I get a chance to see snippets of interviews that we've done, but I haven't had the opportunity to see whole shows. You know, it's fun to go back of course, right. and watch, right. 
and, and watch that. Right, right. Okay, all right. So now this is the Black View video podcast. Looking back, who inspired you, Daryl? Who was um, someone who said, the young Daryl, you will be great one day. You're going to make it. Who was my muse in, in other yes, words? Yes, yes, yes. Are, are you ready for this? This is something, Clarence, that you can relate to. Mm. My female muse was Roseanne Scamardella. Okay. The reason why she was on Eyewitness News and she was one of the hot journalists. And then another muse or a person that I followed and wanted to emulate, I don't want to emulate him now, but back then, was Geraldo Rivera. But back in New York, we called him Geraldo. We didn't call him Geraldo. Right, right. And right. mainly because of the investigative work that he did with Willowbrook. When he broke that story about the inhumane treatment of people with mental disabilities, being just brutally housed at a, a state facility uh, for those that suffered from that illness. Uh, and he exposed the horrific conditions. I said, that's really what I want to do. And then, of course, there were people like Gil Noble in terms of uh, eyewitness news and like it is. And so uh, these were, you know, the muses were there in terms of journalism. I, I really... And I remember in third grade, I was in this accelerated reading class uh, at PS 59 in the Bronx. And, uh, and so every day we had to read the New York Times. And at first I wanted to be a print journalist, but then when Eyewitness News hit big time, I said, no, nah, I wanna go into, you know, being on TV. TV, yes, okay. All right. Now, Chicago Speaks with Dow Denard is a huge, huge thing on the radio now. How do you resonate with your audience? How do you engage your audience? I, I try to engage it. I, you know, I begin every show by saying these words. Hmm. Welcome to Chicago Speaks, your communications conduit for speaking to the issues that impact our community. So what do I really want to be? I want to be a conduit of information. Uh, there's a wonderful scripture in the Bible where it says that we perish for a lack of information. And, you know, we're of, as journalists, the both of us, we're dedicated to providing people with information, objective information about stories they need to know about. Uh, and so really, I can't tell you how many times and how many listeners will call in when they call in or to stop me on the street and say, wow, you know, uh, you were talking about uh, the uh, woman who wrote the book on black hair called Crowns. And I just, you don't know how much that has impacted my life. Uh, you know, you were dealing with some obscure subject. Uh, recently, I did a, a piece on weathering. And weathering is the reality that Black women disproportionately suffer from life that impacts their well-being, their physical well-being, disproportionate to white women. The fact that they have to deal with the stresses of not 
earning as much as their white counterparts, don't earn as much as men, usually are burdened with the responsibility of caring for the kids and far too many times being the only bread earner. And so all of these stresses have a disproportionate impact on their physical health and it's called weathering. And so that has now been accepted uh, as a reality for this one woman uh, who is in Detroit, uh, who actually wrote a book on it. You know, she coined the phrase some 40 years ago. And now people are just realizing, yes, this is happening, especially when you look at morbidity rates with regard to uh, Black women in pregnancy, or even in terms of incidents of morbidity revolving around breast cancer, or things like having an opportunity to talk to Cool in the Gang, uh, or Ice-T, and, and you know do these interviews, and many times they're appreciative because I tend to take a different angle. One thing about when you're in the entertainment business, you end up prying into areas that you're not supposed to. And that's the one thing that I disliked about entertainment. You would go there uh, maybe to a press junket or see somebody on the red carpet and then you try to sneak in a little interview. Oh, and how are the kids? What the heck are you asking them about their kids for? That has nothing to do with the show that they're promoting. And sometimes people will shut you down. They were like, none of your business, how are the kids? And you know, and then they put, oh, I hear you. I, and they put that smile on their face. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so that's the thing that I truly disliked about yeah. entertainment reporting. You know, okay. one thing about what I'm able to do with Chicago Speaks is to have time. One thing that is precious in the broadcast industry is time. How many times do you get a chance to sit down and do a seven- a 20 minute interview with somebody. You get it on Terry Gross, you may get a six or seven minute interview on national public radio, but everywhere else, it's a 30 second soundbite. Shoot that. And even shorter nowadays. You know, back when you know we were young, the reality is is that the nightly news used to actually cover stories. Now we cover stories, think about it. But all three of the nightly news, if you see a report that's longer than three minutes, it's a miracle. Mm. You know, a uh, crisis in, in Sudan. Uh, Jim Jim Carl or, you know, Jim uh, Swatznik is, is there. Jim, what's going on? Yeah, well, they were heavily bombed here. Okay, thanks, Jim. Complicated as that mm. is distilled to a 40-second piece. And, and then it's promoted during the newscast three times. So at the beginning... You get a two-minute promotion about everything we're going to tell you about. Then you get the tease in terms of the segment, you know, that it's still coming up, coming up, war in Sudan. Then by the time it gets to the story, the story's 40 seconds. This right. is a war. Right. This is a big deal. Innocent people have already died in that conflict that's been going on for several years now. Mm. And so... You're telling me that it's not worth any time or the reality is, is that the reality is that our attention spans have been shortened. And it's really our fault because we have to placate to people that have short attention spans, as opposed to saying, no, we're going to sit down and force you to watch this extended story because I can't distill all of the intricacies involved in this war 
or involved in the 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 uh, the violence that happened in Chicago recently with the kids, you know, acting ridiculously and say here from one side, the politicians, you know, saying, oh, well, you know, they don't have anything else to do. Well, you know, there's always something to do if you really think about it. Whether or not they don't have constructive things to do is a different story. Mm. Nobody forces you to dance on top of a car or to kick cars as they go by. That was crazy. That was crazy. Mm. So we talk about all these contemporary issues. Most importantly, we give our audience a chance to listen to issues that impact Chicago. And I can tell you, you know, we have uh, people that tune in from all across the country or the world for that matter. Wow. Okay. So what are you doing today to prepare for your weekend show? Do you have well, the, today, do you have today I already did. I I did an interview uh, with Pepper Miller. I think you may know Pepper. Yeah. Uh, Pepper is a marketing expert. She has a brand new book out uh, called, uh, what is it? Black. Uh, I have to tell you about being black again or something along those lines. Yeah, I saw it on where, Facebook. Yeah. yeah, when she's trying to reintroduce people to the necessity of catering and marketing to black folks. Mm -hmm. And so we have Pepper Miller. We also talked about uh, a coalition that's trying to get racial equity in Chicago with the Kenwood o Oakland uh, Community Organization. We got that. Uh, another organization is celebrating its seventh, uh, its seventh anniversary, one that I've been uh, a part of in terms of trying to help out with called I Am a Gentleman. They go into local high schools and recruit uh, young black and brown males uh, to try to steer them in the right direction, teach them soft skills and stuff like that. So it's always keeping an ear to the community. Uh, people always are contacting me asking, you know, can I get on? Or uh, also I'm going to have on literally just minutes before I was speaking to you, there's a sidebar story to uh, the violence that was happening uh, in the loop uh, in Chicago recently. And a young couple, uh, integrated couple, black woman, I mean, black man and, and young white woman, uh, they were beat up for no reason. Yeah, I saw and, that, yeah. And it, it wasn't for this one woman going there and picking them up off the ground and saying, stop, you guys aren't going to, taking them, beat up guy had a severe bloodied eye uh black eye took them into macy's to get them away from the crowd trying to beat them up mm. now you know what is it that you're attacking people what yeah. you know and and the crazy part about it is they're young they were young they're in their 20s they're kids yeah yeah mm. Mm. So, you know, I'm of the mindset as I've grown older that, you know, we have to be able to call out when our doo-doo stinks and clean it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, tell tell our, our viewers what time your show comes on. So everybody can go. On every Sunday from 6 to 8 a.m. Central. So that's 7 to 9 a.m in terms of Eastern Standard Time, and of course, uh, 4 a.m. 
to 8 a.m., 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. Pacific Coast time, but it's so easy to get. All they have to do is just go to v103.com, wvaz.com or v103.com, and they'll be able to listen. Chicago Speaks every week on V103. Cool, cool, cool. Now, you have an honorary doctorate degree yeah. from State yeah. University I, of New York. Yes, yes, I am. It's, as you know, it's a prestigious, the nation's largest university, college and university system. Yeah. I went to uh, which I went to Buffalo State College, which is now going to be known as Buffalo State University. Oh, uh, and okay. so, yeah, because it was a college, but, you know, it, it also had several schools in the college. So right. now it has university status. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, last year, uh, the beginning of last year, uh, I got a letter from the president and she said, uh, Daryl is, you know, the board of trustees of the college and SUNY State University of New York system uh, would like to bestow uh, uh, Dr. Honoris Clausa, which means honorary doctorate of humane letters on you. I got mm-hmm. my communications and, uh, and what am I to say, you know, so I don't use it. You know, I, 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 a lot of people say, hey, you know, you should use it all the time. But, you know. It is a very, very humbling honor, and to have it from my actual university uh, means even more, mainly yeah. because so many times other people will recognize your accomplishments, but not people who are familiar with you. Right, right. Well, Dr. Denard sounds pretty good, though. Dr. Denard. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a reality. It's a reality. I, I, got, the, I got the two degrees. Yeah. I got my BA and kind of bypassed the master's like okay. you. Okay. <laughs> but, I, but I do possess the doctorate honoris clause. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're almost done. Please give me an update about, about your family. I know that that's an entertainment related oh, question. <laughs> it is entertainment because I'm I'm dedicated and blessed with uh, a wonderful family. Uh, of course, my wife and I, you know, and uh, my wife Darlene. But we have two children: uh, Autumn, who is now Autumn Merritt, with my son-in-law Brian. Autumn is doing fantastic things as far as. Uh, the head of national uh, membership and membership expansion for the Soho House chain, uh, which is an exclusive members only uh, set of luxury hotels and clubs all across the world. Uh, My son, Daryl, is uh, an accomplished artist living in New York City and uh, the new Old Westbury the old Westbury commuter rail station and old Westbury Long Island. They did a $50 million renovation of the station and it's going to be happening within the next month or so, but all of the artwork for that expansion of the old Westbury commuter rail station was done by my son, Daryl Wesley. Whoa. Yeah. And then I got three lovely uh, little knuckleheads. I like to call them in terms of, my grandson Ari, my granddaughter Milo, and we have a brand new one now, Harper. And so I call her Harper Darper. But uh, for anyone that is a grandparent, I've been blessed. One thing about children and childhood for any grandparent, for any person really, is that 
We are children for such a short time of our lives. If you live to be 100 years old, think about it, then you only spend less than 20% of your life as a child or as a young person. Only 20% out of your whole life. The majority of your life is spent as an adult. So it is so vitally important that you treasure every minute that you can consume by being a part of these young people's lives and also by just getting back so much by spending time with them. Cool. And, cool. you know, people talk about it. I still to this day remember, and I didn't spend, I spent a lot of time with my great-grandmother and my grandmothers, but, you know, it pales in comparison to the time that I spent with my grandchildren because, hey, you know, they were there. You know, they know that their grandfather and grandmother are always there. Right, right. Last question. I read that you are a Sunday school teacher at um, Apostolic Church of God. Is that true? Are you still doing that now? Oh, yes, definitely. I'm still a Sunday school teacher. Uh, you know, the word of God is everything I dedicate my life to. The other thing is, is that I am and have been one of the leaders and the current moderator uh, the Young Brothers for Christ Youth Ministry, and I've been doing that for 30 years. And uh, it's crazy because I get the children of the children that I mentored 20-something years ago. <laughs> but I just have to tell people, we got to pray for our young people. And I mentioned it earlier in the course of this interview about attention spans. Attention spans are malleable. If you only feed to have a very small attention span, then that's all you can expect. We have got to nurture our children to expand their attention spans. Yes. Because in doing that, the whole world is open to them. They have opportunities now that we didn't have growing up. But it was the main reason we are where we are today is because we did have an attention span that told us the benefits of getting an education and doing the right thing. Okay. All right. Anything else you would like to share? Anything else on your mind? No, Dr. you know. Dr. Denard, anything else? Yeah, if there's anything I like to tell people, I, I mentioned this, especially for young people that hopefully are watching. Um, there is a time, Clarence, when you're in a semi-state of consciousness. You know, you're not really sleeping, you're not really totally conscious, but you see yourself doing something that you've always dreamed of. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that you see yourself doing at that point, go after that. That's where you fought, that is your true muse. That is your true muse. And another thing, have the courage to be faithful to your muse. If you love dance, but you're scared about how people react to dance in terms of maybe wanting to be a classical dancer, bunk them. If you want to be a nuclear scientist, pursue that dream. Don't let other people crush your dream. Don't let other people muffle and silence your muse. Pursue your muse and pursue greatness. And that's all. 
That is all. That is all. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate this. This has been a great, great little conversation. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you, brother, for everything you do. All righty. <laughs>